what this week really taught me is that, uh, well, I have them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not different than anyone else. Welcome to Power Up, the podcast that uncovers the unique challenges women leaders face today. Join your hosts, Nat and Kristen, as we dive into the tough topics and provide actionable insights you can apply right now. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Hello, thank you for listening. We're having such a good time chatting about all sorts of really important things. At PowerSuit, we're committed to giving you the tools and the confidence to build a career on your terms. And today's episode, we're chatting about self-limiting beliefs. Did you find this week really interesting? Now it's top of mind. Well, I was told that by a psychologist that women, one of their number one barriers in the workplace are self-limiting beliefs. And I was like, what? And I had to actually write it down. because I was like, what, what are those? What are those? And so it's something I'm aware of, but it was actually a word, Mm. not that I'd never heard, but I'd never deeply considered. So yeah, I I don't know, self-limiting beliefs. I've heard it phrased as negative self-talk or what are some of the other phrases? The voices in your head, the negative talk, all that sort of stuff. So it's probably labeled a multitude of different things, but it is, I think for both of us, when we're first thrown that idea that this is one of the biggest issues facing women would probably, well, I certainly didn't identify as being someone who suffered from this. No, because we've spoken about our confidence in the past, but what this week really taught me is that, uh, well, I have them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not different than anyone else. I'm not suggesting I'm more special or different than anyone else, but I always felt like other people's problems, not mine. Mm. That's terrible. I thought the same. And I I actually was reflecting on that writing the newsletter on how I learned about my self-limiting beliefs, which was during a course. And I was so arrogant. I was like, I don't have any of these because they gave us the challenge, which we're passing on to power suitors this week of actually paying attention for the week to your self-limiting beliefs. And I was like, I don't have any. And that was a really powerful lesson for me when I turned up the next week in despair at all the things I'd noticed that I was telling myself every day that these beliefs quite often masquerade as facts and you get so used to the voice in your head. You're with it all day, every day. I'm not sure everyone has a voice in the head. I think that's like a genetic thing. Not everyone has it, but most of us have a voice in our head that's constantly running this internal dialogue that's telling us things about ourselves, the world, others. And when I stopped and paid attention to it, I realized that it was quite negative a lot of the time and I was just so used to hearing it that I hadn't paid attention to it. Yeah, I think we've been conditioned to accept it and almost just live with it. And I think that's probably was my case in that I knew I had issues and possibly past trauma, and but I, did, I don't really want to face into it. I'm just getting on with it because yeah. life is busy. So I think today we're going to chat a little bit about self-limiting beliefs, about what we learned, about what we learned about ourselves personally, and then possibly at the end chat a little bit about some power suit, things we're excited about. But yeah, we just wanted to dig right into this topic because it's quite a big one. The one, I, I, I did watch an interesting video I watched a bit, a number of TED Talks about self-limiting beliefs just so I could look at it from kind of all facets and people uh, teaching about this concept. And there was an image of an elephant with a rope around its neck. Have you seen this? Oh, uh, yes, this I've one? heard of, I've, I've yeah. read about it. Absolutely. So the, the baby the elephant? Strongest, yeah, well, it was an adult at this point and it's the strongest 
one of the strongest animals in the jungle, fierce, can tear down trees, trample all sorts of things. <laughs> and it was being held in place in captivity with the loosest, most rattiest rope. Mm. And this thing could break free from its captors, you know, with no problems whatsoever and probably trample everyone in sight and, and jaunt off to freedom. But it had been conditioned from being a baby that that rope was what was holding it back. So despite the elephant's abilities and strength, the single rope was keeping it captive, which was just a really interesting visual. I think of- it's a really nice example for a couple of reasons. One is the power of self-limiting yeah. beliefs. But the second one is that something that used to be true about you doesn't need to be true now. And we can lock in beliefs about ourselves from a very early age. But we, with growth mindsets, often evolve, change, learn do different things that means those beliefs are no longer true but we tend to not go back and re-examine them so you could have been told something as a child and you still hold that belief true today even if your life looks completely different yeah and i think self-limiting beliefs have has absolutely nothing to do with privilege so our prisons in our brains are unique to us and we are in effectively our own prisons and we are all elephants yeah on a rope yeah and it doesn't matter how we are raised or if we naturally there will be uh there there could be gender ethnic differences as they relate to commonalities around our thinking and how we were conditioned and stereotypes and all of that but we all hold them so i just think it's the great equalizer like we are all in this together Absolutely. And I think Mm. that's probably one of the major things I've been considering this week, because one of the challenges that we will pass on to power suitors via the newsletter is paying attention to the source of your negative beliefs, self-talk, whatever we call it. And that has been a real eye-opener for me to really sit down and focus on where did these beliefs come from. And to your point about everyone has the same prison in our brain, a lot of them are social. A lot of these causes are social and that means different groups get told different things. And I had this fascinating conversation the other night with two women who are in leadership positions and both of them don't come from Western countries, actually. Both Mm. of them come from Asian origin and have had very different self-beliefs implanted into their brains effectively through social conditioning about how they talk, what their race is meant to present as, all Mm, this sort of stuff, mm. social rules within different cultures. And those were all beliefs that I have never experienced. No. So it was quite eye-opening to me, but that didn't mean that the beliefs I had about myself were any, like I had any less of them. It was just that they were quite different. Yeah, different. That's so interesting. And I did see a little stat that said, your subconscious is almost locked in between the ages of zero and six. So childhood plays a really important part of forming these things, no matter how incredible our childhoods were, or how how wonderful our parents were, because they are passing down lessons, sometimes generationally, and they're passing down cultural norms and teaching you how to engage with the world. And as a child, you really want to please your parents. Mm-hmm. And so super interesting that at six, a lot of our subconscious is locked in and we're not aware of kind of these deep behavioral thought patterns as a result of that yeah and I think uh, whenever I'm around kids you just get so excited because they're like forming out of clay really and you just get so excited about finding out different personality quirks or different strengths and I've really been paying attention over the last couple of weeks both to gender and how that impacts child rearing still but also that that drive I have as well when you spot a kid who seems to have a talent or that you want to tell them you are this 
or yeah. they are that. And you suddenly realize, wait a second, who am I to tell a kid who they are? It's a behavior they have right now, but yeah, that doesn't right. need to be locked in as yeah. a belief they have about themselves for the rest of their lives. No pressure to new parents. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like they already have enough on their plates, let alone you are shaping someone's future therapy sessions. I mean, sessions. I'm pretty sure they should know that, right? <laughs> no, you don't. It's just a biological just like thing a we go and accidentally do. <laughs> well, for those of us who are non-parents, that's a role we can play. Is to... yeah. But I, I think uh, outside of childhood, I, I'm not 100% convinced while I recognize a lot of those things were locked in. I do think traumas happen to us later in life. Social conditioning happens to us. For example, those that are in uh, women that end up in quite male dominated industries are socially conditioned to act a certain way or they have all of a sudden they have learned beliefs or in the workforce. Mm hmm that are totally unrelated to their childhood. So I appreciate the childhood does does form us, but I think negative experiences can form us. Even I wonder about perfectionism, and I don't know if that's a genetic thing or if that's a learned thing. I actually have no idea. But that in itself is a self-limiting belief that everything has to be perfect and you mm -hmm. can't ask for help. And I, I, I'm not sure where that comes from. Po that's possibly social conditioning and girls and how to be perfect and do things just right and color in the lines, you know, and recoloring yeah. as kids. Well, and also if it's not perfect, you can avoid it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, don't get, get the gold star. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, and I think we, I was having a conversation with some friends the other day about that childhood element as well, that because we do in, tend to in life focus on most things happen or are sorted out in your childhood, that, that often the teenage years, that's another massive ah. thing. And then your early, early 20 years, but also when it comes to self-limiting beliefs, in my case at least, some of them come out of these really big things some of them come out of a flippant comment or just something that I've built up a, a belief about myself and that really seems to not have any basis outside my own head yeah and so I think that was the other really fascinating thing to me that we often point to major life traumas or massive substantial events in your childhood but actually it could have been something can form out of a flippant comment from someone who probably didn't even mean it and oh, just interpret it. You know what? <laughs> that stresses me out because I'm really flippant. And when people ask me for advice, I give it. And after this week of considering <laughs> my lens of the world and my past experiences and my self-limiting beliefs, I pass under other people through my advice. So I'm sorry for all the bad advice I've ever <laughs> given anyone. <laughs> this is A, why I never... <laughs> ever take children anywhere near heights because I don't want to pass on my limiting beliefs. Oh. Um, I just know that I'm terrible I, and I will. Can I say sorry on that and you as a really positive role model in that you wear your bikinis with absolute joy in front of other young girls? Line up on the beaches, people. I'll be I there. I <laughs> love that you do that because a self-limiting belief of mine is that I, my body's never quite good enough. I feel like there is, in my experience, such a common one. And the only reason I feel any different is because I made the conscious choice to go I'm not wasting my time worrying about this but it doesn't mean it doesn't crop up for me like at the moment I'm not fitting 90% of the clothes in my wardrobe like yeah. that is not a comfortable thought the but clothes the, aren't comfortable either <laughs> but the fact that you choose to overcome it for those around you not wanting to pass that on that women should act in a oh, certain yeah. way and um, should look a certain way I, I think it's incredible and Thank I've you. actually seen it before we dig into our own because there's dying we, to hear yours Kristen would not tell me in advance and I've been trying to guess I know I feel I, like I do <laughs> you already know what mine are um, but I just want to share a couple quick facts there's just four that I think that are really good to frame self-limiting beliefs one is that they become 
self-fulfilling prophecies. This is really important. We have them. It's almost like you are what, what is it? You are what you believe or you are what you if think. You, it's, yeah, that thing. And then <laughs> the sure other Henry Ford quote is, you, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah. So brains, so powerful. So, so powerful. So our beliefs can actually become self-fulfilling prophecies. And the reason prophecies. for that is that you believe something and that causes you to change your behavior, which then causes the outcome you expected, which then reinforces that your belief was yeah. right. Wow. So your decision to act in a different way or not act at all proved yourself right, but it was a fake proof. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fact number two, they're buried in our subconscious. So they're not some, we have to do the work to become aware of them, which we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. So they are deep and it, it will take some time for you to consider and to notice. Great. Fact number three, they're often rooted in fear. And that was a big one for me because I was like, oh, that's why. Mm -hmm. And happy. Uh, this sort of self-preservation, right? If you believe this about yourself, you've given yourself an excuse not to do anything about it. Yeah. And therefore you're, you are protecting yourself from failing or from pain yes. or from risk yeah. so it actually is a fear-based feeling yeah well life is hard and we want to choose I don't know the path of least resistance and we like that dopamine hit of feeling like we win and so any pain mm. uh, uh, is super yuck and then the final thing which is fabulous and hopeful is that they can be changed mm -hmm. no matter what they are no matter what you hold if you notice them with some work in time they actually can be changed so that's hopeful have you changed any in your life well no because i've only spent the last week thinking about them <laughs> <laughs> right like i've only just realized oh gosh but you know one good thing i have when i talk about having confidence i think i'm able to quiet them enough to do the things like i can take the step mm. so they aren't i'm not paralyzed by my self-limiting beliefs and that is maybe the difference between us when we talk about how we're confident it probably is that literally we're not paralyzed by them which is great but that doesn't mean we're not carrying trauma and weight through our lives that we shouldn't be well, that, that was a realization. That, yeah, to me, that harks back to one of our very early episodes about being comfortable, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yes. And I think one of the things that can feel uncomfortable is the self-limiting belief. So everything ties together, yeah. but absolutely you can get, you can harness them. You are in control of your brain at the end of the day, but it does take a little bit of work. Actually, a surprisingly small amount of work, as most things do, and we're big believers in small habits. So actually, most of the stuff we're talking about today and in the newsletter are very much very small things you can start to put in place. It's not big, huge change. You don't have to mm. suddenly completely transform how you believe in yourself. It's just these little steps that help you learn about yourself and maybe make a couple of different choices, which then leads to a couple of different outcomes, which then actually can snowball on itself. Yeah. So let shall we dig can into that? Can you please tell me? Well, okay. <laughs> this will not come as any surprise. But the first is that uh, I feel like I don't belong, and that has been uh, mm -hmm. that has been reiterated a little bit through my career. Very male-dominated industries, and I probably because I was what you classify as ambitious. I found myself in boardrooms or in meeting rooms a lot younger than I, I don't know, maybe others. Who knows? But my I mean, I am blonde. I um, was attractive in my 20s. You're still attractive now. See, that's a self-limiting belief okay, right okay, okay. there, see, right see, there. all over the place. Go, but say I knew, I'm hot. I knew, what I, <laughs> I knew what I looked like coming into, like, I was acutely aware of what I looked like because I was, 
And I'm not a dum-dum. I walk into a meeting room and it was a bunch of older white men in suits. And I'm like, hello! And then I'm an extrovert and I've got this high voice and la 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 la. Um, so I uh, don't belong. And I think what I learned and one of the most painful things as part of not belonging in a group of men, because that is a big one for me, is I don't like being dismissed. And I haven't, I, I've probably been dismissed in the past. It could be because of the way I look, could be because of the way I talk. It could be because I'm always trying to engage people because that social connection is really important to me. And I'm curious and I want to know about who you are and everything. So I have and been And where dismissed. you came from. Yeah, <laughs> yes, where you came from, where your parents came from. What's your ethnic heritage? I say, Nat goes, Kristen, I'm like, no, it genuinely, the world world is amazing. I took this anthropology class in university and it was all how the movements of historic peoples and I just find that fascinating. Anyway, so I digress, but I have felt dismissed in the past and I still feel dismissed. So now when I walk up to a, a group of men and this often happens at sports, okay? So the women congregate to one side on the side of the sports fields and the men congregate to the other or at barbecues. Very Kiwi Aussie thing at the barbecue. I wanna go talk to the men because they're talking about finance or money or politics or whatever. Love the women, but I also wanna go and be part of those conversations and learn. And I don't do it anymore because I'm like, that is just a group of blokes. I'm gonna be dismissed. I can't even be effed. I think I've just spotted another limiting belief oh, of yours that the men are talking about sports and politics and finance and the women are talking about boring things. No, women aren't <laughs> talking about boring things. I shouldn't say that. Can I actually correct my statement in that it's the men that's on the sidelines? Because the mm. women are doing other things. Mm -hmm. And the men are like loving watching their kids in the sports and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Who knows? I just take over the barbecue, honestly. <laughs> You're okay. So not to... But that, that is actually interesting because I think, remember, I can't remember which episode I need to start writing these down. Yeah. But you talked about that time you cried at work when you had presented this thing yeah. and it got rejected or ignored. That would be very much a reaction to that feeling of being dismissed. Yeah. And that would have all, all these things that have built up. Yeah, because to... I knew it was the right thing. And it was a group of men that were said no. And then I've had, I've just had issues in the past where I have felt less important in a room of men. I've been paid less than male counterparts. And so I've got all this trauma that's been built up into anger. And so now I'm making myself world smaller because I'm not engaging in conversation anymore. And I'm just assuming I'm going to be dismissed. When in fact, if I just were to bravely go in it's incredible about perspectives that you learn and it's really important not to make your world smaller. Mm. An example is, Nat, I know that you, what I learned last week was that you forced me to do things that I don't want to do <laughs> and I kind of knew it. So I was, there was this dinner function and I didn't really want to go because it was out of my comfort zone and I I didn't know. It, it was There were just weird feelings tied up to it and I said to you, I'm not sure I want to go to this dinner thing and talk to all these people. I don't really know that well and you just said, just do it because you'll learn and you'll expand your perspectives and everything. Uh, sure enough, it was largely predominantly men. And um, there were some behaviors that I hate when people don't ask you about yourself. It's like a big bugbear mm -hmm. of mine because I've expressed all my interest in you and I'm interested in you. And then when particularly a male doesn't do it to me, I'm like, oh, 
what a jerk. Like, here I am being dismissed. But anyway, I brought all my baggage I feel to the like dinner. this is so interesting. I feel like we could dedicate an entire episode to this because there's so much to unpack in there. Firstly, is the other part of the couple in this couple's counseling session. I, when you were saying all that, it brought up a, a conversation we had this week where I think I trigger that in you sometimes because I'm quite flippant with, um, or like sometimes in our dynamic of where I'll say something that comes across as shutting you down like and you respond so strongly to that and I've right. never connected those two things of, oh. like in my head it's like oh Kristen <laughs> but in your head that's another example of someone shutting you down yeah possibly that's terrible I'm gonna stop doing that <laughs> possibly possibly but anyway you got me out of my comfort zone I actually did expand my perspective that night so I'm just suggesting I'm not letting them stop me but I do well actually I have because I have stopped uh when you go to a networking event I'll look for a safe group of people to go into instead of the group of uh, a group of men and so I, I probably need to consider That's, that I feel like maybe you should go through our exercise this week because you even said just now a safe group of people you're still rolling with the men unsafe vibe no so I think it's because there is actually we've got five steps you can go through and the second one is sort of identifying what you've done yes. where where that's triggered and then the third one is thinking through oh there's a bunch of steps I won't go through them okay. but the last one is very much reframing how would you reframe that do you have any ideas of rather than saying I don't belong what would be another way to or a way you could reframe that well I did read a hack that said if you talked about it in the past tense so I could say I I maybe didn't I, I didn't belong back then but I belong now and it could be I, I know that I, well, I know that's not a true statement. Apparently, you do trick your brain into thinking that's actually past behavior or past mm. thinking pattern. And so um, I could maybe try, I didn't belong, but actually now I do belong. Well, and even what just, about even, yeah. um, I've had some people treat me badly, but that but I do belong. Yeah. Like, because it's actually their fault. Like, they, they were the assholes here, it's not like, you. And you've always belonged. Yeah. It's just that somewhere in there you've decided you didn't. Yes. Whereas you actually just treated poorly in a workplace that was not catering to yeah. you or a bunch of them from the sounds. What about you? I have three. Oh, wow. And actually my first one is quite similar to you. I ha And two of them are contradictory. Um, and I probably have a bunch more. One of mine is not. I have a perception of that I'm not taken seriously. Oh, and this so is one similar. of those. Yeah. But this is one of those self-beliefs that disguises as a as what other people think because I think I'm serious but in my head I'm like people don't take me seriously ah. and that is actually just all in my head okay. that's not people do seem to take me seriously I can't get to the bottom of that one where that one's come from I think it's probably very similar growing up um, or coming up through the workforce where I was a young male a young female founder alongside male founders always relegated to secretary mode. Well, it has to be it um must be a little bit of that also I think I'm a real doer like both of us are very good at getting stuff done yes and what that leads to and I've had this feedback a few times or flippantly said about me oh Nat's an executor such and such is more strategic yes. and I'm like oh I out strategy that person x-fold like yeah. I I know I'm more strategic than whoever they give me an example of but that other person has not done as much doing so yeah. so I feel like those were the um the origin points and I feel like I spend way too much time mulling over how to show that I am 
a serious, capable, strategic person. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah, that's Well, it's not. It's actually probably, I, I, it's so interesting because you were so young when you were doing this stuff as well. Yeah, around, it's probably yeah. is something like yeah. that. Um, but then the flip side, my second one, is that I get very, very scared about coming across as arrogant. And you've experienced this with me before where I had a six-month meltdown over <laughs> thinking that I was a terrible person. But the reason that's come up recently and, and was really good timing is last week we got some feedback from the podcast about that I came across as quite self-deprecating in a way that was almost irritating or just unnecessary. And so I went back and re-listened. And even in the first 10 minutes, I was like, interesting, I'm making a lot of jokes. I probably, like probably am doing a bit of that stuff and I think now that it is a tactic that I put in place to not come across as arrogant amazing isn't that funny yeah. because I well I keep saying isn't that funny because it's really been on my mind this way Interesting. week is I because and I think one of the comments that was highlighted was I was like power suit is this teeny tiny thing and I'm like yeah I think I can say that because the bit that I didn't say was because it's going to be huge and world-changing soon. Yeah. And so I see this teeny tiny thing in relation to where I know it's going to go. But what I didn't say was that part. Could that be maybe the generation of parents that we were raised with and conditioned that not to brag or to be humble and that maybe. whole top, tall poppy thing here possibly? Yeah, it could be. And, mm. and I'm loud and I'm confident and I... Go, like I've never been someone who struggled to talk in a meeting like yeah. I over talk so I think there's all those little signals that you get and that people give you that that you take on board mm. and and one thing that I was talking about a lot this week was I am a researcher I know when you are doing research people will often give you a much smaller version of what they actually think yes. so when people give me feedback my research brain goes they think that tenfold worse than what they just told me so I always jump to like if someone says oh wow you're you you're really confident I go bam 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 arrogant yeah right and and that's not what they meant at all amazing I don't think okay what's your third one the third one is actually kind of a funny one. I went swimming yesterday yes. for the first time in ages. And um, when I say ages, probably 20 years since I've properly gone into a pool and swum. I used to love swimming. I used to do a lot of it. It was extremely hard. But afterwards, my girlfriend made a comment that she's actually laugh. She'll laugh at this because she was like, I knew you were going to raise all this stuff on the podcast. <laughs> um, but she made a comment being like, I was just surprised that you were good. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. Oh, my we goodness. And tennis. I did it with you. And Kristen said, I was just surprised you were good. And once I was meant to be going on a run or something with a good friend of mine. And her friend started being like, oh, Nat just realized that this is going to be like quite a big thing. And fortunately, my friend had been running with me a lot and turned around and went, oh, no, Nat knows this stuff. And it's something that for some reason, everyone seems to be really surprised that I know how to do sports. Yeah, it is so weird, (laughs) isn't it? And that's something I've placed onto you. And that's possibly because of the context. I know you only in the context of work and social. And I've we've never done sports together. And so we're rocking up. Or maybe it's not a huge part of your outward identity, you know, when you start to build your story and you share your story. It's because I'm self-deprecating because I'm worried about being arrogant. <laughs> well, hang on. I've heard about all your karate black belt medals. Taekwondo, uh, Kristen. Oh, sorry, Taekwondo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've heard about, like, your swimming amazingness, but that's only after I make fun of you. But I was impressed, <laughs> I was, I was impressed with your tennis abilities and, and surprise. So I just think you haven't made it 
a part of your identity or maybe it's just we've underestimated you now but it is funny because I, that one I was like oh yeah I do I've had exercise worries in my life yeah. about being lazy and not good enough and I was like it's because of the people I surround myself with <laughs> but actually it yeah. is funny because those things are meant with love like Kyla I immediately pulled her up on it and she was like oh no like it, it was just like you've never talked about swimming same yes, thing she's yeah. like you've never talked about swimming and I pulled out will you like to see all my certificates for swimming? And she's like, no, I don't. I knew it, I knew it. Okay, so I think the challenge to everyone this week is to be aware, because even Mm. this is one week, keep in mind everyone, that we decided we're going to chat about this. We've gone through clearly some hugely traumatic thinking (laughs) times, because the other one I have is money, don't have enough of it, and that's that's rooted in childhood. Do do we have time to do that? Because that's a huge one. I think I've chatted about it in the past before, and that um, single mom uh, household issues with money in in the past and so I never have enough money and it's a massive stressor in my life so that could be a future thing we talked about it a little bit in in our money episode anyway financial freedom episode so that I think just to encourage others that you will find them so be aware of them you may not eat or you may already be more involved than Nat and I and know of them already so me as challenging with facts that would be my tip is uh this week this next week i'm going to really challenge those negative beliefs with facts Mm. uh reframe you talked about any other tips you want to share yeah well we do we do have five steps and and both of them are one of them so one the only tip i would leave you with is check out the how-to guide that we'll publish great and attached to that we are going to try for the first time to link to a template that will be a google doc that you can copy and that's where you can jot down your beliefs and just go through the steps we've gone through through. It just makes it a little bit easier rather than having to get out pen and paper or whatever that you've got a guide to go off mm. and just go through this and let us know how you go because it actually has been so fun yeah. this week to think about this would stuff. You, would you say the reframing of them, because you did bring that out with me earlier, is that the most kind of powerful tip as part of this after awareness? Yeah, it could be. I think the reframing absolutely is what well, is the final step right okay. so and then it's the repeating of that so yeah. once you've Putting. reframed it you will catch yourself saying the old version and then just really making a an effort to when you catch yourself saying i'm no good with money say i have other skills or whatever your reframed belief is to really stop yourself and say the new version because okay. like how powerful negative self-talk is changing it into a positive actually does have an impact and it will impact how you think maybe not immediately but it will make some small changes so I think that is one I think understanding where it comes from means you're taking it away from yourself you're not blaming yourself Mm. you're recognizing we are part of a bigger world and that leads to things playing defense building up an evidence-based case these are all steps we outline building up an evidence-based case against these beliefs Mm. and really starting to grapple with them all of them are really really good tools but absolutely having a having a reframe at the end I think is is a really good way to catch catch yourself when you repeat them and I love in that awareness you kind of go what is the biggest blocker in your life right now are you feeling stuck are you repeating a pattern are you doing the same thing over and over again isn't that the the definition of insanity we are all insane elephants (laughs) yeah (laughs) same thing over and over not getting anywhere so I think patterns we can point to a lot gosh talk about we need to unlock this area because massive in terms of confidence and overcoming imposter syndrome and career advancement and really supercharging these areas of our lives because we it's insane to think we are in fact holding ourselves back when we're also our biggest 
advocates. It's I so know, strange. and there's little, enough stuff holding us back in this world. Yeah. We don't need to hold ourselves no. back. And even just learning about yourself is really interesting. So even if you don't believe in any of this at all and you think there is no way my the way I talk to myself has any impact, do it anyway because yeah. you will probably be, as I was, very surprised yeah. about what comes out of it, what you learn, just having a proactive think about yes who you are and why you feel like that about yourself and one I think some people that will have really uh challenging and maybe don't want to navigate it on their own absolutely should seek support Mm -hmm. I think that cognitive behavioral therapy which retrains your thinking patterns all of those things are available and so should be seeking support should absolutely be a tactic a tactic if if need be to end off is there something that's exciting you about power suit at the moment this week we had our most ever shared Instagram post. Ah, yeah, which was really interesting. And which one? Oh God, I knew you were gonna ask that, and I was like, "What is it?" <laughs> you think about it, because can I say what I'm excited yeah, about? Yeah, you say you. We had our most engaged LinkedIn post, and that was about what we were chatting about last night, and just having um, absolutely juggling with all of the things in our lives, and having mental mental load. And so that yes. was something people clearly feel strong about. That was what our last podcast episode was about, and we had our most engagement on LinkedIn posts. So I am also celebrating social goodness. Amazing. Okay, this one is it. Actually, I should have. Remember it's quite a hilarious one. I think the Jennifers and Lisas have really been uh, responsible for yes. this. But women CEOs on the S and P five hundred, the five hundred largest companies in the world, there are now more women CEOs of those five hundred companies than there are CEOs named John. I love it. Which is um yeah, and three percent. No, there are three Jennifers and three Lisas. So the Jennifers and Lisas have been having a field day. Um, <laughs> congratulations, Jennifers and Lisas, you are true CEOs. But I did notice someone else posted about it too, and they did a little breakdown of gender, and they were like, so women are now. I think we are um twenty. I think there's 24 women CEOs, 40 yeah. something. Um, 3% of the population are Johns, 50% are women. And yeah. we're basically, you know. But we've got to take the wins. And so we took it and people were probably shocked and shared it suitably. So great. And that's what Power Suit is here. We're trying to get more women in positions of power and influence because we are amazing. So And please- sorry, just to interrupt, because now I realize it's 41 women are CEOs. I, was- I want to get my stat right yeah. because people have called me on this before being like, stop making them up. <laughs> <laughs> Check out powersuit.com. We will have that guide to download to help you overcome, at least start on your journey to overcome some of the self limiting beliefs. Please give us five stars. See you later. Bye.